You're listening to The Real Well Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. I'm very excited to interview today's guest on The Real Well Show. He is a best-selling author with a new book called The Wise Investor, and this has come out almost 20 years since his last bestseller called Extreme Success. Uh, I I actually know a lot about this book already because I was very involved in the process because the author is my husband, Rich Fetke. So Rich, welcome back to The Real Well Show. Thank you, Kathy Fetke. Good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, a lot of our listeners know who you are, but we have lots of new listeners. So I'm just going to give a little bio on you Rich is a master certified coach from the Coaches Training Institute. He coached people in business and in their personal life for years. He has coached us at Real Wealth. He has been our, our co-CEO and now CEO of Real Wealth. And I get to just be a founder, which is awesome. Thank you for taking all those details off my plate. My pleasure, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and came out with a new book called The Wise Investor. So let's talk about that. Uh, what, first of all, why did it take so long? 20 years since <laughs> your last one. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there was we were running real wealth over the last 20 years. You know, it was 20 years ago when Extreme Success came out and I was touring all over the country and doing morning news shows and radio interviews and books, you know, bookstore signing events when they used to have bookstores way back then. Uh, but then I was diagnosed with melanoma and told I had six months to live as many of your uh, listeners probably are aware of. And that was the impetus for you to say, like, I have to find a way to make ends meet if Rich dies and formed uh, or learned about real estate investing, which led to real wealth being created. Um, So over the last 20 years, we've been really focused on running real wealth and growing it and building it and helping members uh, acquire investment properties and educating members. So, uh, you know, it's been my my coach kind of like knocking, knocking on my head saying, when's your next book going to come out? When's your next book going to come out? So it wasn't until about four years ago when we started to apply story branding to real wealth, uh, which is really, it comes from Don Miller, wrote a book called Building a Story Brand. And it's all about really seeing your customer as the hero of the story and you, the business being just the guide. Uh, And so I really got into this whole thing about the hero's journey and Joseph Campbell and storytelling. I just thought it was fascinating. And so one day I mentioned that to my coach, Kenji, I just said, you know, if I was going to write another book, it would probably be some a story. I'd probably want to write some type of story and follow the hero's journey. And so that was the spark that then, then it just, then I got obsessed with it. It's like, oh man, I could tell a, I could tell a parable with powerful lessons and really communicate these lessons emotionally. So that's why it took me 20 years and then, but it's done. I'm finally finished. <laughs> oh, there's just a cup. There's so many things I want to say about what you just said. I'll just start with, it's so cool that you have a coach, uh, you are a coach mm. and yet you have one and you always have, and, and you are religious about that. You, <laughs> you look at your coaching journal every morning. So mm. would you mind just kind of telling us a little bit about how, how you do that, how you do your life? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, just having a coach, it's like having someone else there to ask the questions that we're not asking ourselves. So I'm going to speak for me individually. It's like, I can only ask myself so many questions and it's easy to get stuck. It's easy to get in my own way. So having someone uh, out to hold up that mirror in front of me and saying, 
How are you living? Are you being your best self? Where What's working? What's not working? Uh, where can you improve? Where can you love more? Where can you give more? How can you create more? Uh, it just helping me be, see beyond myself. And uh, so that's why I think the coaching process is incredibly, incredibly powerful. It's been amazing for me. And, and, you know, I've seen it with my clients, you know, coaching clients over the year and just years and just seeing you know, people who took years to create a business plan and it still hadn't done it. And then they start coaching and then six weeks later, their business plan's done or another coach. I mean, another client who wanted to be a, a real estate broker and had put it up, put it off for 10 years. And then same thing within a year, he was a licensed real estate broker. And it was because of the support, accountability, clarity. So that that's why I love that process. And so for my coaching, uh, myself, yeah. Every morning I get up, I review what I call my my coaching, my master plan is <laughs> kind of my three ring binder that has my goals for the week and my rituals and kind of my success habits that I track and all that stuff. All that, so those little tiny actions that build up to help me be a better me. So it's need to be reminded of those actions consistently. And it's so cute. Like you've got the little check boxes <laughs> and you know, did I compliment my wife today and did I, you know, could I call my mom, you know, it, it, and you check it off to make sure it happened. It's, it's the book and you, it's, it's all about self-reflection mm. and, and measurement of, am I measuring up to what I want to be, you know, what I want to be, not what somebody else wants me to be, but what I, how I want to be and what I want to be. And that's, such a scary thing to do. I, I remember when I first started the Real Well Show, I refused to listen to it. I didn't want to hear my voice. I didn't <laughs> want to hear me mess up. I just just wanted to think that it went great right. and not really actually analyze it or watch it. And I remember, you know, you you would watch every speech that you gave. You'd watch it five times to just take notes and see where you can improve. Mm-hmm. You didn't take it personally. It was more like, huh, I'm going to really see myself and then make adjustments. Yeah, except what? when I did. <laughs> Sometimes I would take it personally and be like, God, I suck. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> it would just be like, okay, what am I doing there? You know, it's like I'm talking too fast or I'm coming off preachy or yeah, exactly. So it's that feedback to be like, how can I, how can I be better? How can I improve? Why do you think people are so afraid of that self-observation? Ego. Yeah, I think it's ego. I think it's when we let the ego, that little gremlin come in and say like, see, you suck. See, you're not good. So, you know, it's like that, that little gremlin is always looking for artillery to hold against us. So I think it's kind of like saying, okay, gremlin, I know you're going to kind of try to berate me here. uh, And if you want me to get better, which is kind of the gremlin is, is always there to protect us, to try to make us better, to challenge us. It's not, it's not really a bad guy. So I kind of, it's like putting the ego aside and saying, okay, gremlin, if you want me to be better, this is what I need to do. And to realize that, you know, that's how we learn. That's how we grow. It's like watching our little grandson learn to walk. You know, he would walk along and fall. He'd get up again. He's like, oh, I see what I did there. And he'd go along. So it's like, it's that constant feedback. We have to fall down um, for us to be able to say, okay, what didn't work there so we can get better. Now in your book, the wise investor, it's a parable. And I got to just say, you decided to do the audio for this <laughs> and there's, and it's a story. So you actually have to act throughout mm-hmm. the whole entire time you read it. And not only that, you had to do it in like 10 different voices, several of them being women. Yes. So I, <laughs> I cannot wait for this audiobook to come out. I think you said it's coming out in August. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So the uh, so the ebook is out now. It's been out uh, for a month now, and I'm really stoked because it's been on the bestseller list every every day since it came out. It came out on April 20th, and it's still on the bestseller list on Amazon. So that's super cool. Um, yeah, and then the hardcover and the audiobook will come out at the end of August, so they're available for pre order. But um, yeah, waiting for that. It's the supply chain issues. Waiting for the printing presses to get enough paper. Just like on uh, real estate, they're waiting for wood to build houses right so so yeah so i'm excited about that I'm excited to hold the book in my hand i just i just love that you read it because i mean acting is a whole there's a whole new world of of self criticism right <laughs> I mean, when yes. when the oh, first audiobook came out we were in um we were just going to bed and um in parks i think we were somewhere in utah yeah, well, yeah we're in park city yeah and we were listening to it and we're both like huh <laughs> i don't know if i love that and, yeah and, and, you know, and it was like, oh yeah, no, you, you, you didn't love it. And so no. you just went back to the studio and re-recorded it. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't like my pace and my cadence and all that and stuff. It was like, yeah, it was a discipline and a practice. And, um, I think I pulled it off. We'll see. We'll see what the reviews are like in August, but, uh, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with it, except when I'm not, sometimes I'll listen to it and be like, ah, oh, I wish I did that different, but, but anyway, yeah. So it's, it, it, it is a modern parable. It's, uh, I wanted to tell a story. Um, you know, there's so many books on finance and real estate investing and personal development books and everything. And they're great. Um, but a lot of times the, 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 the statistics of statistics are crazy. 86% of people who start a book don't make it past chapter two. It's insane. Wow. So I didn't want to write an, a book like that. I didn't want to write a book that people would just buy and have it be on their bookshelf. I wanted them to read it cover to cover. And I love parables. I've read so many great parables that are engaging, that tell a lesson, that share so many lessons when you weave it in. So yeah, this, that was the purpose of writing a parable is creating a story that would be compelling, uh, that would connect with people emotionally, that would actually elicit a change in them. So they do things different. And so, yeah, so it's about it's about creating financial freedom, but it's also about um, living your best life, becoming your best self. Well, as a coach, and you're a very, very good coach, you simply don't have the time to coach all the people that would, would love to have you be their coach. Mm. And uh, so the book reads like you're coaching them. I know you didn't write it um, with you being the wise investor, but it's what it feels like, you know, because it's a, a younger guy um, who's just really frustrated with life, right? Just mm. Um, working too much, not enough time with the family and wants a change and things are kind of falling apart yeah. um, till he meets this older, wiser man who guides him along the way. And that just so happens that older, wiser man also does a lot of extreme sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He says in the beginning, yeah, this, this wiser mentor, it's really, I look at him, it was powerful writing, writing the book because it was like, uh, what would I do? What would my future self say here? What would my future self coach him like? So I really looked at the mentor as me in the future. If I get wiser, if I get in better shape, if I'm living a better life. So he's like this guy who I aspire to be, but at the same time, that was really powerful because it really got me. I could just close my eyes and think, okay, what would my wisest self, my best self, what, what advice would he give here? Whether it be about investing or money management or being a better husband or being a better dad or being in better shape. So yeah, this, this mentor, 
Absolutely. He doesn't want it to be a, these boring mentoring sessions. And that's what he says in the beginning. He's just like, you know, I don't want to be sitting on a phone or sitting at a desk with you. And let's, let's do something fun. Let's get outside and let's play. And he quotes Plato where he says, you can learn more about someone in an hour of play than in a lifetime of conversation. So he, he learns a lot about uh, Ryan, this, this guy, this uh, struggling family man who, uh, who really needs the, needs the help. Uh, he learns a lot about him. And then Ryan learns about a lot about his mentor as well. It seems men are under a lot of pressure these days. I mean, they always have been men typically were responsible for the finances until, you know, the last few last generation, right. uh, but there's still a lot of pressure on men. What, what do you see as that being, and how was that described in the book? Well, there's definitely something around here. Like we create our own pressure, right? <laughs> I think it's like, um, so I, what I wove into the wise investor were so the, the best, most important principles that are around wisdom. And they came from my mentors. They came from um, us interviewing people uh, on the Real Well show really together and the Real Well story. So I kind of wove a lot of those stories in. But there was something, uh, there was a book that I read called The Way of the Superior Man, which you're familiar with, Kathy. Oh man, I'm and, so glad you read it. <laughs> yeah, and it just, it was really good. It's by David Data, uh, The Way of the Superior Man. And in, in that, there's really just powerful lessons about showing up as a really good like spouse or man or partner uh, to your to your woman, really, or, you know, or to to your significant other, it's like really showing up, being more attentive, acknowledging, like you said earlier, I checked that thing off, you know, make sure to acknowledge Kathy consistently. It's an easy thing for us to forget because, like anyone, and men or women or anyone, it's just like we get overloaded and we get overwhelmed and we start focusing so much on all the stuff we have to do and work and, and all that, that we often don't stop to step back and say, how am I showing up? How am I living? How am I being? And so that's a, a, some of the huge lessons in the wise investor is Ryan, the, the uh, protagonist learning these lessons about, he's really looking at himself and his life and saying, how am I showing up? How am I showing up, up as a husband? How am I showing up as a dad? How, what about as an investor? How am I managing my money? You know, he makes a decent income, but that money's going everywhere except for into investing. So he learned some big lessons about, about where to direct that money so he can uh, create financial freedom. Well, you call it the wise investor and people would assume that means that you're talking about money and building wealth, mm. but you're really, it's much broader for you. Yeah. What, so tell me about that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's the wise investor is about investing. <laughs> it's not just about money. It's about investing in assets. And the way the mentor describes it is assets are things that bring you income or happiness or health or time. And liabilities are just the opposite. Liabilities are the things that cost you money or health or happiness or time. So it's just a different frame in that. And it's and so it's really about investing in yourself, investing in your life, investing in assets that whether it be real estate or whether it be uh, into working out or whether it be into investing time into your family or investing into your own business, which his wife, the protagonist's wife, has a own business. So she learned some really powerful lessons uh, from the mentor's wife, actually. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely some 
some girl power in there too. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> yes. I love that. Now on your website, people can download a life wheel, right? Mm. You want to um, tell people how to find that? Sure. Yeah. I did. So with the book, there's a whole resources center in, in the back of the book and uh, it's just realwealth.com forward slash grow. So if people go to realwealth.com forward slash grow, um, they can see Ryan's grow notebook. He takes a notebook throughout the whole thing, all his lessons that he learns. Uh, and so that ended up being like 35 pages long, <laughs> which is just the lessons without the story. There's the life wheel where you can really do an assessment. And this is where uh, if you're listening, have attended the, the focused investor that I do every year. Uh, we do that life wheel. And it's about looking at these 10 major areas of your life uh, to really look at how satisfied you are in these areas. And it goes from um, health to fun and recreation to um, your significant other and your romance to spirituality, to your career, to your finances, all these different areas. And so the mentor actually takes, uh, Ryan through this process of assessing. So it's the same thing. It's like, I want the reader of the book to kind of experience being mentored by this wise investor and kind of step into the shoes of Ryan or his wife, Carissa, and really learn these lessons. So there's that. He takes them through the future self exercise, which is also on that uh, resource page. People can listen to the, uh, to the future self visualization that I walk people through that the mentor takes the protagonist through as well. Uh, so a whole bunch of just good stuff, but you know, the, the story kind of connects it all and the resources is more about the kind of the, the doing so you can do that after. Our daughter is traveling Asia right now, right? Mm -hmm. um, and she is partially volunteering and partially just having a, a amazing time yeah. uh, traveling. <laughs> And one of the things that she keeps telling us about is how happy people are there. Mm. Uh, she was in Thailand and then Indonesia and, and the Philippines. And she said there's such extreme poverty, yet she saw so much happiness that she grew up in a very wealthy place, right? In, in Malibu, where she didn't necessarily see, she saw a lot of money, yeah. not necessarily a lot of happiness. So what, what would you say it is about our Western culture where there is so much focus on this one quadrant of our life, of that, of right. that circle of life? And, you know, that one quadrant where we spend the bulk of our time and energy just trying to create more money. So, you know, what, what is that? Why do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. That's a really good question. That's what the why. The why is the one with it's the big question mark. Yeah. It's, you know, and then mentor says that he says, you know, I know some people who are so poor, all they have is money. And that's what we see in Malibu. There's people who have a lot of money and they're really happy. There's people who have a lot of money and they're miserable or grumpy and which is, which just kind of blows my mind. I think the why is because in our capitalistic society, which I, I believe in capitalism and conscious capitalism, when you're focused out on making a difference in all these different areas. But when we get too sucked into the how you look and the if I just have that, then I'll be happy type thing. And that's one of the huge lessons that weaves through the whole book. You know, it's all about the, the mentor talks about creating real wealth, which is more than just money. It's about having the freedom to be able to do what you want, when you want, with the people you want to be with. And he says, most importantly, to enjoy each moment. So he really goes over this mentor talks about the wealthy people he knows and the people who have real wealth, where they, they have that fulfillment and that peace of mind, and they have the abundance uh, in, in many different areas. So it's, he really goes into these lessons about the way um, 
wealthy people think and the way poor people think. And it's not just people. There's some, like he said, there's some poor people who have a lot of money, but they're still poor. So it's wealthy people. And what I've seen is wealthy people, the true wealthy people who have a lot of wealth and abundance, they have an abundance of connection with the people they care about most. They have an abundance of health because they take care of themselves and they have energy and vitality. They have an abundance of time because they leverage their time and by, by investing in it, they, they put their money into it. They hire people that can do the things that they don't want to do and they can focus on what they're really good at, their unique abilities. So that's, it's just kind of a lot of that, that shift of mindset about it's intentional. It's really about being intentional. It's about like, okay, if I was really feeling abundant and fulfilled and really experience real, real wealth, what would my life look like? So it starts there. It's really about getting clarity about what does your life look like for you to really feel happy. And the bottom line is we we're happy when we're moving toward what we, what matters most to us. That's the bottom line. That's scientifically proven. And uh, so when we're moving toward what we really care about, what's important to us, and we're getting better, that's when we have happiness. So it's not about making the million dollars or the $5 million or the $10 million or 10xing a business. That is not going to create happiness. What's going to create happiness is the journey on the way to making that happen and knowing that you're on purpose and that you're contributing and your business is doing something, making a difference in the world. And it's really, you know, there's this whole 10x thing and I'm, I'm not trying to put down anyone who, who came up with that, but, um, you know, you've never been the 10x guy you no. do it differently. So <laughs> yeah. How, how, you know, there's been times I'd come to meetings and be like, why aren't we 10xing? <laughs> oh, isn't that so funny? No, you're right. It's so true because, um, it can be feel defeating, uh, going for that. And it's, and always, I heard a coach many, many years ago, he was keynoting at our at the international coach federation conference. And I remember he said one phrase and it really stuck with me and it was for the sake of what, and he said, whenever you're doing something, anything, a goal, and you're setting it, you say, for the sake of what, why am I really, why am I setting this goal? So the 10X thing is like, for the sake of what, why? And so I like to look at kind of more of that 1X rule. So it's like, how can you get 1% better each day? How can you make the business 1% better each day? And then you get the compounding effect. And all of a sudden you look and you're like, whoa, we've 10X our business, <laughs> but, the, <laughs> but the focus isn't on the 10X. The focus is on a little bit. It's the process. It's that uh, a little better each day. How can we serve our members more effectively? How can we, whatever it is, how can you, or how can I get a little better today? And that most important measurement is, I think is looking backwards. It's like, I'm better than I used to be. You know, how, how have I grown over this last month? So you hear about, you know, becoming the best version of yourself so much, right? So I, I really look at that and I look at like, okay, what version of I am I? I'm right now I'm at, I'm at version 58.4, right? <laughs> so I want to, I want to next month, I'm going to be 58.5 version 58.5, and it's going to be better than I am today. So, you know, just when you look into the future and when I'm 60.0, I'm going to be better than I am today. That's my intention. So that brings happiness, that brings improvement, and that will lead you to 10X or 20X or 1,000X, really. Mm. Well, I can just say personally, uh, I've seen... I've seen all of this in reality. This is not just talk. And, and especially over the past year where we both kind of realized we'd been going hard on that business for 20 years. And really most of a lot of our focus was going there and, and you can kind of look at each other and go, 
whoa, do I even know you anymore? <laughs> it's been 20 years. Are you the same person? Like, have I checked? Mm. And uh, and we've really turned our focus on, again, on each other. Mm. Of course, we're empty nesters, so it's a little bit easier. Uh, but uh, and and on our family and the things that matter and, and really made sure that we're we're balancing that and just again, getting to, people change. And it's a constant practice of getting to know the people you love mm. more and more every day. People definitely change and they change. They either get better or they get worse. Right. So I think that's the key. And I know that, you know, you and I met in a personal development workshop about getting better, about being better humans, you know, and improving ourselves. And I think we've stayed on that quest. And I think it's, it just takes constant attention and even in a relationship, you know, we just last night, we had our marriage journal out and we had our, our couple connect cards where we draw a card and we ask each other questions and stuff. So it's things like that, that you just have to do on a regular basis to keep getting better, to keep improving and to keep things fulfilling and connected and all that good stuff. Mm, all right. So once again, let everyone know where you, they can get your new book. Yeah. So it's uh, all major booksellers, but uh, amazon.com is probably the easiest place to go. Uh, it's called The Wise Investor. It's a modern parable about creating financial freedom and living your best life. That's the subtitle. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki wrote the forward for it, which I'm stoked about. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's through uh, Rich Dad Advisors Press. Uh, they publish me. And uh, so that it's out now, the ebook's out now. So you can get that on Kindle or you can uh, pre-order the hardcover, which will be out in August, or the audiobook <laughs> for your own fun entertainment. <laughs> um, and then if people want to learn more about the book, you could just go to thewiseinvestorbook.com. And that's got more information about the book and everything. And so amazing that uh, the reason it is not coming out till August is a shortage of paper. Not what crazy. A, what it's a so time crazy. we're in. <laughs> yeah. When, who would have thunk? <laughs> yeah. You know, the cool thing on Amazon is you can go in and you can click on the look inside and you can read the introduction, uh, the forward by Robert Kiyosaki. You can read the first chapter and a half so you can get a real good feeling of the book and the story. So, um, and that's for free. Awesome. All right, Mr. Fetke, well, thank you for being back here on The Real Wealth Show and sharing your wisdom. Great to be here as always. <laughs> Looking forward to next time. Me too. All right, let's go serve. And thank you for joining us here on The Real Wealth Show. You can go to realwealthshow.com to get access to hundreds of free webinars and all kinds of information and referrals to really experienced property teams across the country who can help you get started in real estate. Again, that's realwealthshow.com. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.